Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for stopping in and welcome in to Three Guys Before the Game, our 437th episode. This one titled Streak Snapped Auburn Preview. It's another double header here. A recap, a review, and a preview as the basketball games are rolling. And before you blink your eyes a few times, the month of January is over. We head into the shortest month of the year, the month that is pronounced incorrectly more than any month of the year. People give it by me. People give it the big February. That's what I say. They go F-E-B-U-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-
patronize our sponsors. It's a recap preview episode of Three Guys Before the Game. We record, uh, well, not all that long after. West Virginia has defeated the Red Raiders of Texas Tech by a final score of 76 to 61. West Virginia went into the game as an underdog. Depending on where it closed, you were in that three-point range. What did it officially close at? Three-and-a-half yeah. DraftKings here in state got up to four. Went up to four. It was a very popular pick huh? yesterday among uh, some pros. Heavy Texas Tech. Really? Yeah. So they thought the world champion Mountaineers were going to go in there and lay an egg. They clearly didn't listen to our shows. Those pros thought that West Virginia would just kind of go in there lackadaisically and maybe get down 10 to 2. Something like that. That's what they were thinking. That's what they were thinking. Little did they know that Bobby Huggins would just make a hockey change all five at once. Pulled a goalie, too. Made all five at once. And that 10 to 2 deficit in the span of seven minutes went to an 18 15 score with West Virginia down three. Then he started to reinsert some of the regulars, and they come back. And you have a 15-point swing. By the time halftime was over, West Virginia goes into the locker room down five. Or I should say up five. Should have been eight. Eric Stevenson had a perfect look at a three ball at the horn. Didn't go. But anyway, West Virginia's up five. And then West Virginia builds its lead to as many as 16 in the late going. And they win the game by 15, 76 to 61. We're going to recap in a second, but... This was the most unique statistical game that West Virginia has played this season. And I don't even think it's close. I don't even think it's close. And by that, I mean this. 65% of the offense, 50 of the points, were generated by the bench. 68%, 68%, almost 7 out of 10 shots West Virginia took were threes. More on that in a second. West Virginia actually made more threes than twos. They made 10 long-distance bombers, and they made nine two-point shots. Oh, and they shot really bad, 37% for the game. Oh, they also turned it over at times like a middle school team. 19 turnovers. That's 39 turnovers in the last two games, Mm -hmm. which – should break you out in a cold sweat. And despite all of that, beat Texas Tech by 15. So like I said, super weird. Career high, Joe Toussaint, 22. Seth Wilson, career high, 15, five threes. You know how many three-pointers Seth Wilson made last year? Five. Five. James Oconquo, career high. 10 rebounds. And the block of the year. And the block of the year. He connotated it. Mm-hmm. What would you go with on that? You go connotate that or you go sag? He sagged it? That's nah. hard to say. I'd say he connotated it. Mm-hmm. Connotated it. Eric Stevenson, super, super uniquely weird line. Mm-hmm. He scored three baskets at 16 points. Three times in the game went to the lane, went to the foul line with no one in the lane. Made the first eight in a row. Two four shot sequences. Yeah, we'll get into free throws. That that was the biggest surprise of the game, I thought. Yeah. 
28 out of 35. So Stevenson also has some great passes and double-digit rebounds. That's a heck of a game for Eric. Yes. Yeah. He's still fighting it, though. You can see it. You can feel it in his game. He's he's battling it. He's got I like, thought I thought that second shot. He takes a three. Missed it. He thought he had it because he hung with the release for a while. He thought it was in. Bounces off. They get the offensive rebound. They kick it to him as the defender had flown by him. He stepped right in, took another one, and banged it. I thought, okay, there we go. Nine forty. That's it. Now you go. Nine forty-five to go in the second half. Right. I thought when that things was get. the moment, but it wasn't. Crowd was eleven thousand eight hundred and two. Not full, but when it got close at certain points in the second half, they lifted up there. You could see why that's an extremely difficult place to play when that place and they're good mm-hmm. and the place is lit up. It got loud even last night. They're trying, but they're struggling. They're now 0-8 in league play. West Virginia is now 2-6 and in the conference, and the Auburn Tigers are coming in. All right, so as we have been doing in our past shows, we go back now and we look at the elite-level analytics that Brad predicts the game, or at least previews the game with, and then we go back and see if the computer was right. So we do this because if it doesn't come out exactly like the computer said, we take no personal responsibility. We just blame the computer because that's what everyone does nowadays. Blame somebody else. All right. How do we do? So the first thing we said when we were talking about this game is this is not only a gettable game, it's a game you have to go get. Mm -hmm. And most of that was stemming from, and this is part of why there was pro movement yesterday. If you listen to these folks, their thought was the prevailing thought out there in the community was Texas tech has to win. They're due. They have, that's a good team that just hasn't won. It's been close. Well, interestingly, as we said on here, I didn't think that was the case. They hadn't beaten anybody, Tony, all due respect to the red Raiders. Their biggest win of the season is over 149 Eastern Washington, 149 in the Ken Palm rankings. Five of their 10 wins were against teams that were ranked 296 or higher or worse, if you were. I actually thought West Virginia was the team that was better than its record indicated. You start to look through its metrics. That's why the net has it so high. It's why Ken Palm still has it ranked so high. It's why Bracket Matrix still had West Virginia in the tournament field prior to last night's game. West Virginia was the team that hadn't been hitting its record comparative to what the numbers said. Texas Tech was not. I think Texas Tech was showing you what they were, and I thought you saw that last night. The other thing we talked about, one of the other things, Texas Tech came into the game last night, one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the country in the previous five games. So once they had gotten into Big 12 play, they couldn't make shots. They didn't last night, did they? Three of 20 from three. They were in the 15th percentile in shooting percentage from two in the last five games. They shot just 39% from the field. So those things came to fruition. Now let's dive into some of the keys that we went through. The first one was, was almost more of a question. It was, can West Virginia get to the free throw line? As we've said, we're going to talk about free throws every game when West Virginia plays. The question last night was Texas Tech didn't put you on the line a whole lot. They had done a nice job of of not fouling and putting teams at the line to give them free points. My gosh, that didn't happen last night, did it? There were a ton of fouls and free throws. 51 combined for the two teams. The key, West Virginia shot it great from the line. 80% for the game, 83% in the second half, and outscored Texas Tech by 12 points at the free throw line. 
And that part's critical. West Virginia continues to be one of the worst teams in the country at putting the opponent on the line. So West Virginia is getting a ton of free throws, but there's only 20 teams that are worse than West Virginia in terms of putting your opponent on the line. So even though West Virginia may be getting free throw attempts, if you're giving the other team the same number of points, that's not going to be a plus. That's not going to be a positive. It was last night. So that that was atypical for Texas Tech, West Virginia got the good whistle. You mentioned those technical fouls that were mixed in that gave West Virginia free points. They made a ton of hay at the free throw line. Second key we talked about, West Virginia was going to have to hit open shots. Texas, Tech's, Texas Tech leaves catch-and-shoot shooters unguarded more than any other team in the league. West Virginia shot the most contested or guarded jumpers in the league heading into last night. Right. right? Remember we talked about mm-hmm. this? The quote was this. I used this quote. West Virginia should see some breathing room on Wednesday with open looks. Saw that, right? Got them. The shots were there. That defense that Tech plays forces those shots. They're telling you, go ahead and take threes. Take long jumpers. If you can beat us from outside, beat us because you're not getting in the lane. They're one of the best teams in the country at preventing shots inside the lane. They just don't give it up. So they're going to let you shoot from the outside. And you saw that with West Virginia. So I know that was a huge high number of three-pointers and maybe a little higher than ideally you'd like, but that's what Tech's giving you. And they're giving you some of those as open looks they did last night. West Virginia had 12 unguarded jump shots in the game. That was nearly half of their catch and shoots were unguarded. Nearly half. Normally they're getting just 36% unguarded. So that took that step up as we expected Mm -hmm. it to. One thing that didn't come to fruition, I keep talking about this, and West Virginia just continues to not do it, but West Virginia is number one in the league in points per possession in transition. Tech was ninth in the league in transition defense. West Virginia just didn't run a whole lot last night, didn't push it, just two fast break points. So that one didn't happen. We talked about turnovers. West Virginia was coming off that 20 turnover game against Texas. We said, obviously, that can't happen again. Well, we were right. Didn't happen again. Didn't get to 20. It got to 19. But Texas Tech's number one in the league in points per chance when they score off a live ball. So quite frankly, West Virginia was pretty lucky that it turned it over 19 times against a team that feasts on turnovers and is efficient with it. And it wasn't enough to get you beat. So they they did enough at the free throw line. They did enough on the uh, three-pointers to keep that factor from coming in. So turnovers could have been big. They just weren't. They were a non-factor last night. You were able to overcome them. A couple of other notes. West Virginia continues to struggle with second-chance points. West Virginia had 19 offensive rebounds, Mm -hmm. 19 second chances, only scored 15 points, left points there. Yeah, but let me stop you. They had been in the zero percentile on second-chance shots in the previous five games, they jumped up to the 50th percentile the other night. So it wasn't good, but it was better than what it had been. In fact, it was light years ahead of what it had been. So the pounding them on the glass, that was also a surprise. You want to talk about surprises. They're one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country, and they don't give them up. They do not allow other teams to get offensive rebounds. That was a massive difference in that game that West Virginia dominated that side of the glass. They hadn't met the Oconquo factor. He was great. He, he was really good, old, dude. Old boy, had, old boy had 10 rebounds, three offensive. Well, how about Jimmy Bell on the offensive end? Yeah. For not playing a ton. Six offensive rebounds? All six of his rebounds were offensive. Mm-hmm. So this is another statistical anomaly. West Virginia out-rebounded Tech by 17, 44-27. So you would think that means West Virginia would have a lot more shots. But because of the turnovers, Tech actually took three more shots. They took 54. 
West Virginia took 51. So you shake it all up, and it's super unique the way that they won the game and weird the way they won the game. And the only thing that matters is it's, this is not like uh, gymnastics competitions where the judges give you quality scores. You know, like, it doesn't matter. All that matters is you got the W, you get your first win since, what was it, February of 21 against TCU. That was 700-plus days ago. So you got that monkey off your back, to use a cliche. And at least then when you go on the road again Tuesday to play TCU, at least you don't have, hey, you've lost 13 in a row on the road. So just step by step. And now Saturday. Bruce, real quick on sure. on that one, because uh, what impressed me the most is, and again, some of this is op- opponent adjusted and Tech's struggling more than any other team in this league. But I thought what West Virginia did well is it, you mentioned that wholesale substitution early. That that was really big, Tony. M- Mitchell didn't have a great game in terms of scoring. Emmett Matthews still isn't completely back. Kedrian Johnson, we didn't mention, goes out with that tweaked ankle according to Bob Huggins so you had your you had your main guys not playing in that game that that game was really won mm-hmm. by the backups and reserves I thought that's a massive moment for WVU and probably changes rotations moving forward I think you see Seth Wilson has to get some more time if Absolutely. he's going to be able to make shots a conquo two of the last three games I thought he's been outstanding not just good but outstanding he's probably got to see the floor a little yep. more often so yep. I think you're going to see some substitution patterns change a little bit and I think that's really massive to get that big road monkey off your back using guys that haven't been your frontline guys to this point well those guys who came off the bench they've been waiting right they sit there every game and they watch the starter and they just if I was out there I'd do this tell you what if I was out there I'd, I'd take it this I'd do this well they had the opportunity, and you know what? For the most part, they did. They did. So that's overall a good thing because it does put a little bit of a prod onto your starters to say, hey, we won't hesitate to take you out. Go compete. So overall, that kind of lifts everybody up. But you're right. I mean, Seth Wilson has got to play more. James Oconquo has to play more. Absolutely does. All right. So... Here we go. Here come the Auburn Tigers. I haven't looked at it yet, but this SEC Big 12 thing, which comes to an end this year, this has not been a lot of fun for West Virginia. No. Not a lot of fun at all. So it doesn't help that Auburn comes in after getting uh, kicked pretty hard. Got beat 18 by Texas A&M. So now they'll come in here. Place is going to be rocking. Fans will be there. They've been there. They're juiced. They're ready to go. Senator. Good matchup, bad matchup. What can happen here? It's a good question. Uh, I can't quite tell what Auburn is. Excuse me? Well, I I can't tell what Auburn is. They're... They're having a pretty good season. They're they're good on both ends. They're 65th in offensive efficiency, 15th defensively. That's where they've been better so far this season is on the defensive side. They're good in transition. They don't they they won't run at a fast pace, but they're very efficient. They're top 25 percentile in fast break points per game. So they'll get out and run. You're going to have to get back and stop that. But West Virginia has been good at that so far this year defensively. Here's another team that's very good on the offensive glass. 18th nationally in offensive rebound percentage. So how will West Virginia match up there? You can't give them second shots. They have not been good from three. 
In fact, they're one of the worst teams nationally from three-point range, 341 out of 363 teams. So they don't shoot it extremely well. Let's go into some specifics on, on those categories. Oh, here's one that I didn't mention there. Free throws again. Auburn puts teams on the line. Hello. Good for West Virginia. One of the bottom 70 teams nationally. So you're going to get free throw opportunities. Can you make them? Can you be back? Is it too much to ask to get back in that 80% range like you did last night? Can you get to 75? You're going to get some opportunities. But as I mentioned, West Virginia continues to foul a lot too. So what you're looking for there is Auburn to continue to do what it does and foul you. West Virginia's got to try and dial that back a little bit. Go to the offensive rebounding for a second. West Virginia's 18th nationally, Auburn's 20th. We've talked about this for a few weeks. The We just did it a minute ago. The making of the second shots. I said they were better last night against Tech. They've got to continue to get there. But you know who's really good on putback field goal percentage? Auburn. Yeah. 90th percentile over the last five games. So they're getting rebounds, and then those immediate putbacks, they've been very good at making. So that's the important part of this is West Virginia keeps them off the glass. They've got to score. Turnovers. We mentioned that. West Virginia, man, you've got to get that under control. 39 in two games. Crazy. That's not going to work. Crazy. So both teams are very similar when it comes to turnovers and points off turnovers. So that's just going to be one of those, which of those can force the other one into more mistakes. You better bring it strong to the rim. They block six shots per game. Got 122 blocks. Yeah, they're, they're good defensively. That's, that's more of their deal, which if you're West Virginia, I think you like that matchup, right? You'd rather go against a team that's not going to be able to score it great, which is how you got the win last night against Texas Tech. Not super great at the well, they're all right at the foul line, sixty nine percent. They've been better in the last five games there, but yeah, they've just they're middle of the pack. Really hard to get threes off them. Their opposing teams are shooting just twenty five percent. I mean, they're sixteen and four, which you would take in a heartbeat, right? But really, super quick. Here's their non conference wins. George Mason, South Florida, Winthrop, Texas Southern, Bradley, Northwestern, St. Louis, Colgate. Hmm. Hey. Go back to the three-point thing for just a second. And you're right. They're second nationally in three-point field goal percentage defense. But a lot of that, a lot of people will tell you three-point field goal percentage defense is really kind of a misnomer. It has a lot to do with you as the shooting team, more so than it does defense. Because here's something to take note of. Auburn allows on-guarded catch-and-shoot jumpers 50% of the time. So once again, West Virginia should get some more looks than what it normally does. Can it make those like they did last night? They're going to get shots. So far, giving up just 65 points per game in uh, SEC play. So there are two losses in league play at Georgia, 76 to 64. Which is a horrific loss. Yeah. Georgia's not good. Last night, 79-63, but their wins in the league have been Florida, common opponent of West Virginia. They beat Florida by three at home. Good, good win against Arkansas, 72-59 at their home floor. Beat Ole Miss at Ole Miss, 82-73. At home, beat Mississippi State, 69-63. Beat LSU, 67-49. And at home, or on the road, beat South Carolina, 81-66. So, good quality team. But if you play well, you're going to be right there. This is seven top 100 wins for them. So, yeah, they've done a nice job. This is one of those questions that you, it, you know, it's, it's a small sample size, obviously, with just one, one game here. But if the Big 12 is as good as most around the country think it is, if it's as good as we think it is, 
you get what's a really good SEC team in here, but you're West Virginia, you should be right there with these guys. This should be, if it's not a coin flip game, it should be right there. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it's not like you're going to look at Auburn, all due respect to Auburn. You're not going to look at Auburn and go, oh my God, we haven't seen a team like this. Right. Right? You just played Baylor, you're look you played Kansas, Kansas you played TCU, you played Kansas State. Yeah, okay. Whatever. It's another night. Come on in. I think you'd be in a difficult situation if you had lost at Texas Tech. Then emotionally, I think you're down. Emotionally, you feel the stress. Emotionally, oh, we got, got to find a way. Where I think, hopefully, the, uh, the victory will serve as a catalyst to get them to play well. I mean, Tony, you've won, you've won two out of three against TCU. You battled Texas right to the end. You go back to the two losses, three losses before that, two losses against Oklahoma, a chance to win, and Baylor, a team you had beat that's a top 15 team. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you should roll into the. Listen, you're ranked ahead. If you go by the Ken Palm rankings here, you're ranked ahead of where Auburn is. They're the ones that should be saying, oh, man, we got to go on the road against that team. Mm-hmm. You should mm-hmm. be right there. Yeah. In fact, Ken Palm has it, a four, has it as a four-point win. Excuse me? Ken Palm has it as a four-point win. So West Virginia is going to be the favorite in this game. Go win. Stay hot. Ken's computer continues to like West Virginia. Mm-hmm. After last night, he's got the world champion Mountaineers at 21. Correct. Think about that, folks. We sit here, right, and we just, whoa, what? Yeah, uh. But for whatever reason, man, the computer, the net ranking and Ken Palm, they still are saying like, you know, kind of like a boyfriend-girlfriend thing. really is. You know, computer with West Virginia's basketball team. Like the computer knows that you guys have been dating. Computer's been dating West Virginia. She knows that, computer knows that West Virginia at times has gone off the beaten path, right? Maybe had gone to the movies on a side note with Jane and didn't stay true to the cause. And even though, and even though West Virginia stepped away a little bit and gone and kind of done its own thing, the computer says, you know what, West Virginia, I still love you. I still love you, and I think we can make this work. I still want to make this work, and I still want to see you in March. Wouldn't you agree with that? You still have to win games. Give me nothing. I get it. Well, you say, I mean, I'm going to try and tell you why that why it does that. It's again, that's the strength of this league. Five of West Virginia's eight losses are to top 15 teams in the Ken Palm. Its worst loss, <laughs> its worst loss is a top 50 team, 52, Oklahoma. That's its worst loss. I just said I just said Texas Tech hadn't beaten anybody that was better than 149, and there's West Virginia. So it's it's level of competition. I'll give you another one. Talked about this on Sportsline last night. Bracket Matrix. You ever heard of Bracket Matrix there, Tony? Mm -hmm. So instead of just taking one person's bracketology and thinking it's the end-all, be-all, Bracket Matrix inputs 77 different brackets. It's got all the big outlets, and then it's got a bunch of others from, from people that have shown they're pretty good at predicting as well. Going into last night's game, West Virginia is still in the tournament field. So if, even if you say, I don't like Ken Palm, I don't listen to what Ken Palm says, <laughs> there's 77 different polls, bracket projections that have West Virginia in the, in the tournament. It's crowdsourced bracketing. Yeah. Now right. it's an 11 seed, so you're, you're right on the edge. I mean, right. you're hanging by your fingertips on the cliff. But there, there's another, if you, do, if you don't want to just take the Ken Palm numbers, take another one. Right now, West Virginia is still in the mix. It's clinging. It's kind of hanging right there. 
someone's sitting there and put their gonna put their foot on your fingers and just try to get you to drop off. What should be concerning to you, you know what you know what the concerning one of this is? This would feel like very West Virginia fan has to have to go through this. <laughs> you get to the end of the season and this it's not like the schedule lightens up any, right? You're gonna continue to play those same type of teams. Mm-hmm. Let's say you only get to six conference wins and don't get in. And you go look at Ken Palm at the end when he starts to highlight, when he goes down the list in order and he highlights all the teams that are NCAA tournament. West Virginia has the potential to be one of those that's the highest ranked team that didn't get in the tournament. I understand. That very well could happen. And that's where you're going to go back and kick yourself for the Kansas State loss. And the Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma State. But really, that I mean, Kansas State, you're up 17. Oklahoma State, it's not like you were up double digits in that game. You were right there. But that Kansas State, man, that, that's going to that's gonna turn out to be a big one, I think. Well, you still have a chance to get them. They got to come back. I know, but you needed two. The way that played out, you're leading in a game. When you're up 17 in a game in this league and can't close it out, that's a that's a double gut punch because the the wins are so few and far between, hard to come by. No question. You know what's not hard to come by? A great experience at the Burdett Camping Center. You go in there, they'll make you feel like family. I'll wrap you up, give you a big, big hug. Got Zach in there, Phil, Jimmy Dean. You go in there and say, I need RV, we'll show you around. What do you need? Need a little one? Need a big one? Or you need a monster one? Gotcha. Part sales service, it's the Burdett Camping Center located in Winfield. Visit them at burdettcamping.com. They happen to be, you know, there's a lot of RV dealers in West Virginia. There's a lot of them. There is? Mm-hmm. No, there's one. Well, there's a lot of them. But there's only one that gives you a warranty forever once you buy the RV. It's Burdett Camping. Three guys also brought to us by the wonderful people at GoMart who sell a 17-foot Slim Jim. Ish. 17-ish. Give or take a foot. Visit them at GoMart.com. Sign up for their rewards card. Save money on your gas and your favorite snacks. Then our boys at Comax. You can purchase, lease, rent hardware when it comes to managing your phone systems. They got you covered from one phone line to a thousand phone lines. They can take care of it all. So if you got a bad phone system, check them out. Comax's digital phone systems com- competitively priced and efficient, and they'll come in and give you a free quote. Visit them at comaxwv.com. That's K O M A X WV.com. Comax. Com. Hit it! Helpful for businesses large and small, by the way. One one line to a thousand lines. Whatever you need. Get your own line, and then whenever someone calls and you're not at the office, it just goes right to your phone. You get your cell phone, boom. All of a sudden, you're cutting a deal for like $2.6 million because the guy wanted to make the deal then, and you're out there, right? Got it on you. Okay, got it, because it's Comax phone system. Could yeah, be more than that. something positive. A lot of things going on this weekend around the Auburn game. Hugs is fish fry. Chimuro night. Twenty five hundred sold out. Charles Barkley going to raise probably over two million dollars in one night. But perhaps the most exciting thing of the entire weekend is David Saab, the music producer of three guys before the game had said he might drop a new three guys song this weekend. It'd be our third? It'd be our third one. So I'm like fired up about that. 
All right, you ready to do this thing? Sure. All right, textual healing starts now. <clears throat> um, I know sometimes we may exaggerate on this program. That's not our intent at all. Simply try to get information out there. However, this uh, hoppy Kirchival beer thing, this thing's taken on a life of its own. <laughs> it really has. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable. So the untapped ranking continues to go high. Last I saw it was 3.98 on untapped. More and more um, facilities around the state are carrying it. We'll give you the names coming up. <clears throat> Texter says, hello, T. Spreads and the missing hopster. Roger from South Carolina texting during enjoying your Monday YouTube product, having lived in the past in the central time zone for about a decade. And with all due respect, I think I understand where the league's coming from. That what? being said, I understand your viewpoint. I can remember doing the mental time zone conversions routinely when consuming media presentations of news and sports when I lived in the central region. Perhaps the Big 12 is just expressing times as they wish because they can and keep nine current team fan bases from grousing. Just my opinion, probably poorly expressed. May I suggest again, with all due respect, listening to the Eagles hit, get over it. I absolutely agree with you that additional members in the East and Mountain will require revisiting the league's stance. I love the show. I'm not picking a fight. I'm just trying to stir a reaction. Well, Senator, I think clearly communicated the philosophy and the belief of this podcast in regard. Big 12's wrong badly wrong not going to get over it and if you're not going to do it for one team why do it for all the others screw it if you don't want to talk about the east coast don't talk about the mountain don't let byu sit out there and try and do their own mental gymnastics well i found it'll actually make me more mad if they change it when the other schools come in yeah well they're going to um i found a women's basketball release this week that had the west virginia game just listed in central like that's a that's a foul. So I was gonna, That's a foul. You've committed a technical. Then you've come out on the floor and gotten thrown out of the game. That's so bad. So I said, okay, you said you weren't doing this. You did it. Here it is. Anyway, I didn't send it in. I got other things got to do here. Got a major beer production. I got a ridiculous in there. Text her, gentlemen, my sister-in-law is visiting her mother in the Parkersburg area. Is there a location that has the rare, popular Kirchavale, highly rated gourmet beer in cans? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So she can bring some back with her. Due to the internet, you three guy, your three guys podcast is now seen and heard nationally. I've noticed an upgrade in Hoppy's wardrobe in the last couple of weeks. Is it possible? Thanks to Tony and Brad that Hoppy has realized the value of his brand and is expanding with a line of clothing with the help of Daniel's men's store in Morgantown. With the expansion of his brand, which of you two are responsible for it, I hope he's discussed sharing in the profits from his newfound popularity with both of you, signed by Larry in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Hoppy's very difficult uh, when it comes to clothes for the simple reason of he's as tight as two coats of paint and just doesn't get it. That's all will be said at this point. Fair? Uh, yeah, but he's he stepped out a little bit there. Yeah. We got to work. Speaking of gear, I did I did go speaking of three guys' gear. That is right. Nice. Clothing line, three guys' clothing line. It's got, got the it. hood on the back too, isn't it? Hoodie. Is that Peter Millar? You can put a sport coat on over this if you want. No, Millar? not Peter Millar. Different brand. Nice. It looks really nice. nice and comfortable. See three guys right there. That's right. 
Yeah, I had, my blue, I had my blue one on last week. May have some apparel, folks. New apparel coming up. Texter, hey, three guys, one comment about the man's basketball team, and you've already brought it up. Why not a free throw coach? Whether it's in-house or someone new, there needs to be someone that's working on that issue. We now are as bad. We know we are bad at it overall, but fix it. Thanks to all you do, even part-timer, Hopgasm. Hoppy takes some pretty good shots when he's not here. So you go back last night and you say, well, they don't need a free throw coach. And then we'll have a game here where they're going to, yeah, so I'm, you know where I stand on that. You can't get enough, can't get enough tutoring and coaching in anything in life. Find me an expert. Bad on-air etiquette right there. I touched the mic while it was on, made a crackling sound. Three guys, let me get this straight. Hoppy arrives late, leaves early, and gets a beer named after him. To heck with being an insurance agent. I want Hoppy's job. I can't imagine how Hoppy does all that he does while also seeming to be a bit of an introvert like me. Total respect to the legend that is Hoppy. So glad you're doing all that you do for at least another year. J.D. from the Southern Coalfields. Who said we were doing this for another yeah, year? Yeah, I think he means specifically Hoppy there. Hoppy announced oh, he was going to retire because the rest right. of us have not, yeah. absolutely have not committed to another year, J.D. Yeah. But Hoppy has. Texter. Hello to the three clowns. As I listened to the Monday show, a number of times I heard the word Kerchevel. I'm really regretting not trademarking the name when I created the label. With that being said, can you all effort the distribution of the beer that shall remain nameless just across the state line into Ahia? I'd love to get my hands on some to assist in my coping with the basketball season. I love the show. Isaac in Ahia, O-H-I-Y-A. Isaac, you have not been forgotten, my friend. I've got your name and information on my computer, and I'm going to send you a little something. So, the Isaac sent the label, but then uh, the dude's name escapes me. I found a text who actually said, you guys are missing a marketing opportunity. You got to create something called Kurt Chevelle. That was a guy whose first name begins with a P, and his, la- and his city location is a P. I'll see it when it pops up here. Pete and Princeton, something like that. But I went and found that. Text her, hello, this is Rachel from Charlestown. I started listening to Monday's episode on my app. When about five minutes in, I knew I had to turn it off and bring up the video version in order to get the full effect of Brad's outburst. I don't know why, but I thoroughly enjoy when he gets himself worked up. One of my favorite of his fits was last year. When he started yelling, go get guys about WVU basketball in the portal. Anyway, my son and I will be in Wheeling this weekend for the middle school state hockey tournament. I find myself asking the question, which restaurant would three guys recommend? I'm sure you've already talked about this a hundred times on the podcast, and I should have written it down. But if you're so inclined, what would be a good place to eat for a non-picky, food-loving, 14-year-old boy and his teammates? Love the show. I already took care of that. I sent it to her. I said undos. What do you think? I love undos. Right? I mean, so you got a hockey team, middle school kids. It's good It's good comfort food, warm food, fill you up. I'd eat three steak and cheese undos sandwiches right now. <laughs> I had a steak and cheese last night after the game. These restaurants are screwing up post-game meal. Screwing it up. It's timing, right? It's what? It's timing. 
So the student manager in charge, student managers are in charge of post-game meal, right? So you get your meal and the game's over, you go on the bus. Fine. So student managers do an unbelievable job. They get your order before, they send the order in. Da -da. These, these places where they get the food from get so nervous that they deliver the food too early. Mm -hmm. So I go out like at halftime, I walk by our locker room. There's all the boxes with the food for the post-game meal. Yeah, and then there's 112 fouls in the game, so then the game goes more than two hours. So like, the like, say you get a steak and cheese. Well, last night, steak and the cheese on the cheese steak, it's like cauterized. It's been sitting out like room temperature for like about two hours. I mean, what are we doing? I'm gonna make a guess though. Didn't prevent you from eating it. Crushed it. Yeah. Brad Hoppy and Tony with a Y. With all due respect to our fan base. The one thing more deflating and annoying than losing games is our fans constantly chirping about coaches and players, even officials. Yeah, I know. It's what fans do, but I think we're just too negative in general. For instance, the vitriol toward Brad and Tony for not saying anything after Hoppy's rant. For the record, y'all don't owe us or hugs either, for that matter, a single word on the subject. Key word, owe. I just wish people would realize, one, they don't know more than coaches. Two, they would not do better. Three, they aren't bringing up anything coaches don't know and haven't thought about. Yes, I get the irony of my hot take about hot takes. It's one of the downsides to today's tech and social media that everyone has a chance to state their dumb opinions, including me. You guys are a bright side of said social media tech. Keep up the good work. Evan in Iowa. Thank yeah, I mean, Evan. different world. Appreciate it, that. It is. It's the Wild West out I there. I need to get Evan together with my buddy Tommy that listens to the show out in Iowa. Maybe they could have listening parties. Right. Big in Iowa. We're going to get some Kurtzvale out there to Iowa. Hey, three guys, as I was driving and listening to y'all, my first thought when Brad said he had to squeeze in one more mo before football season was one more mo before football season? What the hell? If mowing season were a football game, August is the start of the fourth quarter, not the two-minute warning. Thank God he's not a bartender, or he'd be the guy screaming, last call at 9.30 while I was sipping my second Kerchevale. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Signed Faye in Fayetteville. Fayetteville is one of the great beer. It is. Craft beer place. I don't think his name's Faye or her. Doubt it. By the way. I will say this, though. I'm a little busy on Saturdays in the fall, so i got to get my mow in. I told you, it gets a little long in the fall. That's just so be it. They allow you to cut it on Sunday. Busy on Sunday. Three guys before the game, Hoppy Kerchival. Says someone that doesn't cut his own yard. You don't know. She wants to. She likes to. It's an embarrassment. She wants to. She likes to. She tells me I like to do it. Huh. Three guys before the game. I understand that Apothecary Owl House is sold out of Kerchival. Is available at the Tap Room, Jeans, Keglers, Black Bear, Lefties, Big Sandy, Von Blaze, and the Varsity Club. And in the next 10 days, will be available at all the Stone Tower locations. Stone Tower Brews, Buchanan, Bridgeport, and The Joe in Fairmont. Stone Tower fellas, great guys. James, Peter, and that crew. Stone Tower, Buchanan, Bridgeport, and The Joe in Fairmont. They're coming to Morgantown as well. Stone Tower Brews coming to Morgantown. April-ish. Ramblin' Root in Fairmont. Foster's Tavern in Beckley, which I understand is a historic place. Matthew there, the proprietor, big-time fan and loves the fact that we moved the podcast as well to the YouTubes. Awesome. That's, in, that's in Beckley? 
Yeah, Foster's Tavern. Yeah. Tavern. yeah. Out of state. Listen, this, I'm getting this from our guy. Out of state, we have decided not to risk being arrested for bootlegging. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. Okay, probably wise decision. Hope to have these on tap for the in the next 10 business days or so in these locations. That's significant growth right there. I mean, that, that branched in a hurry. I saw a text exchange from one location to the brewer yesterday that literally said, begged, he said, I don't want to hoard it, but I need this much. People keep asking for it. Great job, everyone. They would not, if it was a bad beer and wasn't getting the rating that it isn't untapped, it'd be like, okay, that was a, ah, this guy's fun. They had, they had an event. They, they released a beer. Ha <laughs> ha. Now it's like, I got it. This is good. Yeah. That's what we said. Great work by everybody going into your establishment and asking for it. Well done. Thanks to Grace and Bill Bill, putting that beer together. Yeah. Some random items from the state of Florida. Mountaineer fans are blessed to have Tony, Dwight, Jed, Jay on the broadcast. I speak for countless others when I miss, when I say that I miss hearing Jay on conference road games. Yeah. Jay's not doing road games. I think, the only way you're going to sell Kirchevel across the state lines is if you sell out to one of the mega beer companies. P.S. I'm a third generation Doddridge County mineral rights owner. Awesome. Of course you are. So I know nothing about this crossing state lines. Like, so you just can't make a beer in West Virginia and then sell it across the state? Like you can't go like to Pennsylvania, Ohio and just say, hey, here, here's the beer. I don't know. It's the first beer I've been a part of. Why would that be? Why couldn't you be able to, why wouldn't you be able to do that? Seriously, like what what would be the reasoning behind that? All right, I'll stay in my lane. Congratulations on the success of the January 6th event and the beer launch. Planning on heading to Morgantown Friday for a few Kirch avails. Like many, I wanted to attend. I understand the limited attendance strategy. Look forward to future events. Endless possibilities of what's next on the Three Guys Tour. Have you considered a roast? I realize you roast Hoppy every show, but I think a Three Guys roast would be epic. (laughs) <laughs> roasts are fun roasts take a lot of work to do them right like a lot of people think they can just get up there and start smacking one-liners off somebody it doesn't work like that you literally have to do a lot of preparation and work to get stuff that's truly funny to make it worthwhile i've seen a lot of roast that yeah i think we better roll stay your eyes our our small roasting that happens on this set amongst like the Hug, three of us. Like Hug says, just show me what you can do. Don't show me what you can't do. We are working on another event, though, efforting another event. Mm-hmm. Texter, hello, TC Spreads and Uncle Hoppy 3, Tommy Boy, Independence, West Virginia. Wanted to let you all know that WVU Coliseum made it into a TV show recently. I'm watching season three, episode eight, minute. <laughs> Episode three, episode, what the hell is this? I was watching the season three episode of the Young Rock show. It's about Dwayne Johnson's life. Turn your mic on again. Reread it. You got it in front of you. Season three, episode eight, minute six of the Young Rock show. Oh, so he wanted me to read it the way that it's written? That's kind of probably what he was getting at. (laughs) Throwing the number in there got me off. I was watching season three. He should have used commas. Okay, I mean, I just read it fine. It's fine. I was watching. Well, you had the opportunity to watch me just gack the whole thing up. That's how you came in. Well, I, I mean, I was reading it live in my head. I didn't know you were going to gack it. I thought that was pretty straightforward. 
You're a professional speaker. I don't know why that one tripped you up. I know you're a little tired, maybe. I was watching season three, episode eight, minute six of The Young Rock Show. It's a show about Dwayne Johnson's life, and it had a beautiful video of the WVU Coliseum. It was making it look like an arena where a wrestling match took place. I'd love to see how or who made that choice to put it into the show. Probably a West Virginia connection somehow. P.S. Does owning a beach house in the West Virginia South area, known as Myrtle Beach, count as having land? Thanks for all the laughs. No. Myrtle Beach, no. You need to have like raw acreage with just trees and <laughs> just trees and land on it and like brush pile here and there. And then like, you know how just some ditches that have water in them that can run like very, very gashy ditches, like in a perfect scenario, a little limestone coming out of the ground, just big rocks coming out of the ground. That also is very helpful. That's how you have land in West Virginia. What'd you call it? Raw acreage? Raw acreage. Yeah. I don't need anything like preserved. Like don't be giving me like a, a two acre lot in the development. That does not count. It's got to be rugged. It's got to be rough. It's got to be West Virginia. Good morning, gentlemen. First off, sports. I've heard universally that everyone's waiting for Eric Stevenson to go off and revert back to his means, statistically. Looking back at his history, I'm still gacking it, through all of his college stops. When facing higher-level competition, such as top 20, he struggles, only shooting about 32% from the floor. <coughs> That's great. I also just coughed. I thought I shut the mic off. Seeing that most of the Big 12 could be considered higher level, I'm concerned that Stevenson may have seen since the beginning of the Big 12 plays actually the Stevenson we're going to see going forward. Maybe he is what he started out in his college career, really good mid-major shooting guard. Secondly, I don't want to land shame, but having family land in both Wetzel and Harrison County and hearing about all the landowners by the listeners, I think there needs to be some criteria. Below are a few recommendations. To Brad's point a few episodes ago, it cannot be in the same county that you live. It must be passed down through at least one generation. Whatever the initial intent of the land was, it isn't that now. In other words, an old farm, which is now hunting land. That's really good. It must be over 10 acres. And lastly, it must have aged dilapidation, such as trees where vines have overtaken them. This is what I'm talking about. Old fields where saplings are fully grown. Or lastly, a rundown structure that may not be a plum square. <laughs> it may have missing windows or doors. Yeah, that's right, yeah. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Signed by Fitty, born in Fairmont, now of upstate New York. Um, where are you in upstate New York? Send me a text. I don't know you are. Uh, the other part of it is no, I, no, I, I disagree with you on Eric Stevenson. I think Eric Stevenson uh, can be a, is a power five major baller. I mean, he's getting good looks. The shot's got to go in. Like if he couldn't get a shot off, then I'd go. Ah, eh, you might be right. He's getting looks. He's squaring up. He's getting looks. Shots aren't going in. It'll come back. By the way, you did land shame there. He said, Fitty said, secondly, I don't want to land shame, but then dropped has landed both Wetzel and Harrison. Yeah. That's well done. Texter, those points are good. I don't agree with all those points. Though. I agree. That's pretty much it, though. I, I mean, think he hits it. You don't have it. to have 10 acres. Well, I like the fact that it's got to be a dilapidated structure that's not square and got windows all blowed out. <laughs> I like that. Hey, three guys, Joe Mock in Round Rock, Texas. Monday's episode. You talked about how strong the attendance has been for basketball, despite our team's woes. You then mentioned seating capacity at the other Big 12 arenas. I can tell you that here in Austin, the new Moody Center seats only 10 grand for basketball because that's what the Texas Athletic Department told the architect to design. 
As a consequence, men's basketball games are sold out. That has an awful effect on ticket prices on the secondary market. For our game there coming up next month, I looked at StubHub. The absolute cheapest two tickets would cost us 344 American dollars. At that price, we'll watch it on TV at home instead. I'll still find a way to get to the Round Rock Donuts to Tony, though. By the way, for our game in Waco two days later, I was able to buy two seats at center court, lower section, for less than a third of the price of the cheapest tickets in Austin. Hey, um, listen, Joe, this is just me and you talking. Don't go out of your way, dude, to get me stuff in Austin. I'll hook up with you in Waco, okay? Don't go the I know the distance between Round Rock and Don't do that. We're good. Trust me, I'm on a diet, too. Big weight loss thing going on. So we're good. Love you, brother. Texter, Greg in Catlitzburg, one comment, two questions. In-game text. Sounds like two teams that are 1-11 in league play. Pitiful. Question one, early call. Who has the most touchdowns on the season, tight ends or defense? Question two, how much turnover has the baseball team suffered and should we expect them to rely on a high rate of steals like last season? I'm liking that trend. Greg, as you know, this podcast has been born on honesty. Rather, I got no idea. I don't know. You been following any of that, Senator? Not yet. We'll get there. Texter, Billy from Cincinnati. In-game text. These are always dangerous. Please tell me I'm not the only one who sees this. Our best offense is getting out in transition and shooting threes and either making them or getting offensive rebounds. Two, our half-court offense is not run efficiently enough to slow the game down and run plays. Yes, I realize we need to run plays sometimes, but point number one should be this team's offensive identity. What do you guys think? Billy from Cincinnati. Well, Billy, I already heard the answer to that from me. I did it in the preview show, and I did it here to open this. West Virginia number one in transition, points per possession. I, I do think they should be running a little bit more. Now, again, as I, uh, this goes back to even last year I said this. I do think West Virginia should get out and run a little bit more. But I also know the answer Hugs would give if you said that. said, why don't you try and get out and push it a little more? What would he say? Can't turn the ball over 39 times in two games and want to run. You don't want to go faster if you can't protect the ball. So that would, be the, that would be the counter argument to running, but West Virginia has been efficient when it pushes in transition. I agree. On both sides. Texter, really simple. What a play by Oconquo. That's the text. Yes, it was. Well, it was. Yeah. He was up. He got great springs. It not only was a, a very athletic play getting up there, I wonder what made him think to go just take it from the guy rather than try and block it. Like, how did that enter his mind? You don't. I mean, you just don't see that. Sags did it all the time, but you don't. You don't normally see a guy right at the rim. He had to make a quick decision. He had to get up. Guys trying to hammer it, and he just says, "Not only am I going to try and block that, or maybe foul him, make him go to the line. I'm just going. I'm going to take it from you. Took it from him." But Sags is Sags never did one like that. Sags had a lot of two-handed blocks. He had guys coming straight at him, right? I never saw Sags on a guy going straight up underneath the rim, try to hammer it and grab it away like that. You know, remember like Mikhailov from Kansas? Like he came in, he's going to go. 
sags is where guys coming straight at him and he just kind of angled his body and was able to stay straight in the air and then just took it that way. That one was different. I think sags would go, Ooh, that was really nice. It was very nice. I just don't know what made him think to go take it. You know why? Cause he doesn't know any better. That's why. Like he's been here three years now. He's still 17. <laughs> Ask everybody about Okarquo. Guy's been here three years. How old's James? Uh, and you believe it or not, he just turned 17. Joel in Atlanta. Hey, three guys. Another West Virginia connection. Oklahoma State has hired a new D.C., Brian Nardo. Brian's father, Perry, runs the newspapers in Wheeling in New Martinsville, Sistersville. Oh. Brian graduated from high schools across the river from Wheeling in Belair, and then Ohio U in Athens. Thanks. Joel in Atlanta. I did not know that. He's, he's extremely highly thought of. Runs a similar system to Iowa State. Been a D2 guy making the transition up to Gundy. You know, Gundy's done a nice job of that. Finding guys, putting them in well, different. He took the OC that was in Pennsylvania. Who was that that time? Urich. Yeah. 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 He brought him. He did the same thing. Yeah. He, he does stuff like that. That's I did not know there was a West Virginia connection there with, with Brian Nardo, but I'm interested to watch him. Yeah. Very highly thought of. Guys, a few questions and thoughts as I listen to the Texas Tech game. Tony, what is it like talking to yourself during away games? It's, I don't know. It's different, weird. Um, could the Senator sub in for Jay? No, he's not allowed. Texter, too busy working on fixing his mower. Who will be in charge of talking to Charles Barkley about coming on to three guys? Could I do a tasting of the Kerchev Ale? Um, yeah, I don't know. I'll, you know, I'm going to MC the event fish fry with Charles and hugs. I mean, I don't know. Well, I mean, it'll depend. So Charles will be one way or the other. He'll either be, eh, it could be three ways, right? He could be like, great. Like just yuck it up and jump right in. Or he could be, Hey, let's just get this done. Right. Could be, could be, you don't know. It'll be entertaining. I think, I think. He, yeah, I mean, those guys, he rises to a crowd. He goes out there, and he looks out there and says, what in the heck is this? Right? I think he'll, it'll, yeah, it'll be good. Texter, guys, was it just me, or did it seem like we finally followed our gosh darn shot for a rebound? 44-27 rebounded advantage makes me believe that we did. P.S., Let's hope we didn't use up all our three-point juice. Lord knows we've been saving it up. Nate sitting on a hill with a pair of binoculars looking for Hoppy in the Kanawha Valley. <laughs> three guys. Remember when you talked about hitting the host team with a thanks for having us after the Mountaineers take care of business on the road? That still gives me a good chuckle. I was shocked to read that our basketball team had not won a road game in Big 12 play in over 700 days. I mean, I've been watching, and yeah, it's been rough, but what a crazy stat. Anyway, glad the streak has been snapped. Thanks for having us, Texas Tech. Justin in Jersey. Texter, great effort from the bench. By Seth the way, that is the very best part of road games. Yeah, it is. Did you tell anyone thanks for having us last night on your way out? Waved everybody. May have walked across midcourt with a friend of ours. Yeah, that's it. You just walk across midcourt and just say thanks for having us. That's may, it. May have walked across midcourt with a friend of ours. 
You know, Phil was on the trip. I do. Yeah, fine-looking Phil was there. I think he's undefeated on his trips when he goes. Probably need to start traveling more. Would you be surprised? Great effort from the bench, uh, Seth the Microwave, Wilson. Quick, that, is, that is wild that it's been 700 days since a road win. That's, that's just, that's one of the more incredible stats. Yeah. Yeah, it is. When we say unbelievable a lot, that's truly unbelievable. Great effort from the bench, Seth the Microwave, Wilson, Clutch, James O'Conco had the block steal of the year, huge play, Phil from Periopolis. Hello. Texter, guys, look. What was on the screen covering the story and taking pictures yesterday? So apparently there was an apartment fire in Charleston, and there's a picture, and the photo credit goes to Hoppy Kirchival. So our boy Kirch, our boy Kirchenbaum, is down there covering the Capitol, and uh, Jimmy Olson, newsboy, sees that there's a fire. He runs out there and gets pictures of the fire. That's yeah. our boy. Yeah, he does that. All right. I mean, he, you can't take. He's not afraid to get out there. Mm-mm. You can take the boy out of his uh, out of his newsroom, but you can't take the newsroom out of the boy. Someone once said. Texter, Ben from Pittsburgh, with Neil Brown's recap offseason update press conference happening, I thought it would be a good idea to ask a football question. What grade would you give West Virginia's offseason to this point? I'm going with a B plus. Am I too optimistic? Hmm, that's a good question. I'm probably more in the I'm probably more in the C range. I'm in the C range. I think it's been fine. I don't know that it's wowed me yet. I'm more just in the C range. I'm in a different kind of C. I'm in this one. I'll have to see. I don't know, man. I don't know anymore. I know more I know less now than I've ever known before about new guys coming in and you think you have the answer. You know, you go back and look at these guys that you brought in last year and you say, well, this guy did this here and this guy did this at this school and this guy did this and then you're just going to plug and play. And guess what? No. Now, some do, but not all the time. So I have absolutely no clue whatsoever. Which that's why I'm a C. Yeah, I understand. And then you'll do a postseason wrap up, which you'll answer those questions you just answered. Right. I think one thing they may have learned is just because here, here's here's a thought going forward just because you do it at a high level at a lower level school does not mean it's going to translate to this level you may be better getting someone from a power five that for whatever reason hasn't had the opportunity to blossom than you are from going to get a lower-level guy. Now, not all the time, but if you just think you're going to go to a FCS and say, hey, he did this here, that it's immediately going to translate. No, it doesn't. Hey, three guys, I wanted to know about the new football jerseys I asked about last week, and I know I don't want to make Tony upset again for asking, but I would like to know, so I'll ask Brad. Do we have an update on them? <laughs> Now you said you were going to look into that. I have not. I have not talked to somebody that could provide an update. TK, so I don't have an update. TK and Cold Pepper, Virginia. Spreads pregame analysis of the keys before the Texas Tech game was masterful. I also liked the old guy with sharp elbows, Hoppy. 
macro comments. Signed by TK and Culpepper. Culpepper would be a classic place to have lemonade, wouldn't it? <laughs> I had a lemonade in Culpepper, and I called that Kerchival family. They're so wonderful. That young man, Hoppy, is going to be a star. Two guys, as the third is busy in Charleston, talking up Kerchival, very pleased with the bench and their contributions from last night. We need to see more of Seth Wilson on the court, please. Scopes, looking forward to the fish fry tomorrow, starting at 5.30 Eastern, 2.30 Pacific. <laughs> I'll stop by and say hello with my friend. Signed by Jennings, the landowner in Jackson and Raleigh counties, mineral rights owner in Doddridge County. Good Lord, Jennings. A land mogul. I ask him about that. I see him. Texter, to the titans of the beer industry, I've noticed a lot better and more fluid ball movement since the new assistant came in. Also, I'm glad the senator has a garage because if not, that mower would look like my uncle's yard with a small jungle growing around his 94 Chevy Lumina. True that, Chris. <laughs> True that. Chris Marietta via Mullins. Texter, listener from day number one, Randy Hunt in Beckley, voice of the Independence Patriots. First, thanks to the Senator for being so hospitable at the state championship game. Just prior to kickoff, he took time to talk to me when most would have been too busy. Well, I'll tell you something, Randy. That is an honor for you because there's a lot of times I talk to him and he's two feet away from me in the studio before we go on the air, I get nothing. I mean, he plays the role of Helen Keller. I mean, I get zero. So if he, for him to talk to you, that's pretty doggone good. Randy was very nice. His Independence Patriots were outstanding. Terrific team. Absolutely terrific team. You know, wouldn't we probably be in line here soon, some of these state championship teams, that we'd be getting some of their swag? Uh, probably, you would think. Like Independence, state championship. Oh, that's true. That 2023, yeah. 2022, probably. right? Yeah. Be nice. Yeah, it would be nice. We, we wear gear. And we wear gear. Three guys gear coming pretty soon. Efforting. Yeah. So anything we didn't do? Anything we didn't cover? No, I think we covered it. What's your feel on Saturday? Uh, feel good. I think West Virginia gets another win. Really? I think they do. So that would be three out of four. I think they do. Better get a win. Because them old Horn Frogs going to be waiting for West Virginia at the door. That could be a challenge. That'll be tough. Stack another win here, though. Add to the tournament resume. Keep going. Live to fight another day. In all seriousness about the Kurt Chevelle, again, Chestnut Brew Works, which makes it. Yeah. Last I knew, they were sold out. In the tap you, room there? Yeah, you can call and ask. I think there may be some coming out here. Locate, I, had to dry, I had to drive by that yesterday. Almost stopped because it was open. There were people. The garage in, door was open? No, the the tap room part of it was open. Yeah. Almost pulled in just to go into a. Say hello. Just to check. Just say hello. Yeah, see if it was on, those on guys, tap. Those guys are great guys. Tap room, jeans, keglers, black bear, lefties, big sandy, von blaze, varsity club. Again, apothecary alehouse. The featured location, but I understand they're they're out right now. 
Stone Tower locations, Buchanan, Bridgeport, the Joe in Fairmont coming soon, Rambling Route, our good buddy, Matthew at Foster's Tavern. And uh, we're still trying to figure out if we're going to get arrested if we take it across state lines. Oh, I'll serve time in the slammer for Kirchevale. What are you in here for? Uh, bootlegging craft beer. Right? It could happen. Who knows? I'd go down for hoppy in the, you know, check in. What are you in here for? Uh, tax evasion. What are you in here for? I was running a Ponzi scheme. What are you in here for? I was hauling Kirchevale over state lines. Got me. Three Guys Before the Game brought to us by the Burdett Camping Center, the only warranty forever RV dealer in all of West Virginia. Visit them at burdettcamping.com. Buy GoMart. If you are not a GoMart Rewards Card member, you need to sign up. Do it right now. Go to gomart.com slash rewards. Save money on gas, snacks, details. Available Hoppy, for you. Hoppy might be at the GoMart right now. Close. He's coming back tonight, yeah. You come back tonight or now? After the show. I don't know. He probably tries to get it. Make sure he gets like an extra three hours of work in down there before he comes back up the if road. If he got on the road, he's probably anxious to get back. It's the end of the trip. He'd be just hitting it just about now. If you see Kerchival at a GoMart, take a picture of him and we'll send you something. <laughs> three guys also brought to us by Bob and the super fine folks at Comax Business Systems, keeping West Virginia's business data safe, secure, and efficient for 25 years. They can do so much for you and your business, so visit them at comaxwv.com. Give you free inventory, give you free estimates, whatever you need. Also, and I should have done this earlier, so if you're still listening, you're special. If you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, the audio, or on YouTubes, please give us a subscribe. Helps our stuff grow, and that's what we like to do, at least for the next five or six episodes in the history of this podcast that we're going to do. What did you say? How many? Ah, forget it. Go on to something else later. Special thank you to our producer, Tyler Taylor Jingleheimer Schmidt Kennedy. We're out. See you.